I wanted to put myself in the hardest possible environment. And that was like leaving behind everybody that I knew, like no family, friends, connections, network, anything. And then I'm in a new country, let alone a new city, brand new people, new every, like new everything. It's like starting from scratch. And I wanted to know if I had what it took to make it in that kind of environment. Cause it, I told myself, if you can do this, not knowing a single person, then you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Coffee with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Marie, web designer and CEO of Courtney Marie and Co. After building a multiple six-figure design agency, I wanted to create a podcast to share everything I've learned and am still learning to help you grow your business. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts, share tips on branding, marketing, business, and so much more. So if you're ready to learn how to run a successful business and stand out online, grab your cup of coffee and let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode today. So I have with me Ryan Gallego, co-founder of Pouch 6 Studios, the studio that I shared with you guys um, that I did in the previous episode. Uh, And we were having a conversation, the way this came about, we were having a conversation about entrepreneurship and I posted you know, my mental breakdown. And he reached out and he was like, hey, you know, if you ever want to talk about it, we should. And I thought it would be a great idea to actually talk about it on the podcast because if we go through things, there's so many other people that are going through the same thing. So why not record it and help other people? So today's episode, I really want to dive into entrepreneurship, the struggles that you go through in the beginning, and then also maybe some of the struggles that we're at currently in entrepreneurship, maybe four or five years, six years later. So welcome to the show. I'd love uh, for you to kind of just introduce yourself and share a little bit about your story, um, where you were and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. I feel honored. Yay. so like Courtney said, my name is Ryan Gallego. I'm co-founder of Pouch 6 Studios, which is where we're filming at right now. And um, also the founder of Media Pouch, which is my video production company, which goes hand in hand with this. And yeah, I mean, with both companies, they're all in, they're both in the media space, right? And the whole goal is to build a media empire. And, you know, now we've got the studio and then we've got the video production company. So it's all part of that. Um but backstory is like I grew up in St. Louis um, area. I say that because nobody ever knows where Millstadt, Illinois is at because it was just like a smart. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you know Betsy the cow? Yeah. yeah there's more cows there. No, than Betsy's people. my sister-in-law. Really? So I, we can't say Betsy anymore. Okay. Dang it. <laughs> that was a good one for a cow name though. It um, is. But yeah, I grew up in the Midwest and went to school up there and everything like that. And basically you know, thought I was just going to go work corporate nine to five job and got unfulfilled by that. And then started media pouch, um, back in like 2018, it'll be our five year anniversary in January. Exciting. Yeah. I just realized that the other day on LinkedIn. So it's so funny. Like you get going like into your business. You're like, Oh wait, it's been five years. Yeah. I could not believe it. I was like, Whoa. And so you went to college back there? Yep. Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Okay. When did you graduate? 2016. And yep. then you did the corporate thing? Till 2019. And then, okay. Yep. So yeah, my my background is really like in analytics, numbers, finance, economics, <laughs> portfolio analysis. Um, that sounds so fun. I love it. I, <laughs> I get off on it. Like yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah, numbers are definitely my thing, but it's it's paired nice because I'm really creative. So yeah. pairing numbers and analytics with creativity has done really, really well. And that's why Media Pouches has a success because we took epic videos and then drove results, right? So like, because mm-hmm. I understood how to make dope content, but also understood that clients want an ROI on their like $10,000 video. Yeah. So how do I make that happen? And then um, I... I'm not going to say I created it, but I will definitely take credit for being at the sphere of video SEO and metadata because there's still to this day, like not that many people that know about it, but that is like my big claim to fame, like in the industry and with media pouch and like its success is like 
doing that. So can you explain a little bit about that for people like me that might not know what that is? I think you do know what that is. Well, I probably do, but I might call it something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, video SEO is basically SEO. You're just taking all of the stuff that you would, because you build out websites and yeah. development and yeah. all that like good stuff. Like keywords, all that stuff. For sure. So what do you, like, how do you do that for SEO with a website? Um, well, we don't write the, or we don't uh, research the SEO, but I tell my clients, um, so when it comes to search engine optimization, getting found on Google, you want your website copy to include the keywords yep. that your ideal client is searching for 100%. on Google. So I guess that would be the same in video. Yep. How does that translate? Like just using? Yeah. So we do. We take the same exact strategy as a blog post, except we just put it into a video and export it. So gotcha. basically, if you're taking a video and just uploading it to your website and that's mm -hmm. that, Google doesn't understand how to read your video. It doesn't know what it is. It doesn't have a title, description hashtags, keywords, location, gender, demographics, anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it'd be kind of like just posting a blog without any content there, but you would have like a square for a blog. Gotcha. That's how Google would read your video. So basically what we do is the same thing that you do. We take the keywords, all that stuff, and then we put transcription into the video. We basically just like code it out inside of the inside of Premiere oh, Pro okay. and then we export it with that. And so then when you upload it to your website, Google's like, oh, this video is about Courtney and Ryan's podcast and they're talking about struggles with entrepreneurship and it knows exactly how to read it. And then it's able to index it 200 times faster than what it normally would take. Wow. I don't do that with my video. <laughs> so you have to do it in a platform like Premiere. For sure. For sure. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now I'm like going to go research that. <laughs> It's all on our website. Oh, there you go. I literally put all of the all of the secrets out there. So there you go. Well, hey, there's a tip for you guys for SEO that I wasn't planning on, but that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so 2018 started that. Fast forward, you're here today. Mm -hmm. That's a big gap. Yeah. So I mean, basically like 2018. Is whenever like January 2018 is whenever I formed the LLC for Media Pouch, and then that summer I went on a trip to Croatia called the Yacht Week and ended up like buying a drone beforehand and captured a really cool epic no sunset. Go buy a drone. <laughs> yeah, to go on my yacht for a week. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. <That's> super casual. <laughs> <laughs> bring out the boob oh god that sounds so bougie <laughs> but yeah so ended up like filming this really dope sunset and posted it on instagram and just like mentioned yacht week and like 30 minutes later the marketing director for yacht week comes over and she's like hey i found your i saw your video on instagram and our videographer didn't show up this week would you mind actually like using your drone to capture content for us and if yes, here's a brand new GoPro Hero 10 or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and uh, it's yours, just film content, and we'll get you into like all the parties and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, like my background was really like photography, because I picked up a camera whenever I was 14, mm -hmm. but I was mostly doing like sports photography and like other lifestyle stuff. So video was still kind of like a new thing to me, and it really wasn't a thing on Instagram or anything like that. Because um, even Vine was like, I don't oh like God. Vine was just like around then. So mm -hmm. um, side note, Vine's coming back though. I was never on Vine. Uh, side note. <laughs> I was. I had good success on there. I was pissed when they shut it down. Do you remember MySpace? Hell yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm going down memory lane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I did that and that week ended up just being the best week of my life of just filming stuff and like just finding this like new passion and just – I just envisioned it. Like I had it all there. It's like, you know, we talk about like manifesting things of like, oh, I want the car, the yacht or the house. It's like, okay, well, I'm here. I'm doing that. And I'm making, like I'm getting into these parties. And in theory, if I was getting paid for it, like I'd be getting paid a lot of money to go just live my life yeah. the way I want to. And so I had this realization like, holy shit, like I don't want to just do real estate media production. Like I want to do like adventures, work with like work with like brands like Yacht Week. I want to do automotive, work with brands like Lamborghini, Ferrari, McLaren, and you know, then the high end like luxury million dollar listing plus 
stuff. And I just like came back from that week and just started building media pouch on the weekends and late at night while I worked at Amazon. And then I gave myself a year and on my third anniversary at Amazon, I just resigned and moved to Australia for five months. Um, and that was 2019. Oh my God, there's so much in that. I know, I know. It's, you could get wrapped up in this intro forever. Yeah. So you tell me how deep you want to go. But basically, moved to Australia because it was a lifelong dream of mine. And I had been traveling back and forth there with Amazon for a little bit, um, helping them get launched over there. And I just knew that if I never went over there and lived over there and tried it, I would regret it the rest of my life. Absolutely. And that's how obsessed I was with it. And... um yeah, so I got to go do that. And I came back after five months because like, I ran into visa issues and it just wasn't going to really play out the way that I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a lot more time, energy, money, effort, blood, sweat, tears than I thought. And I was like, well, we could take this huge risk here all the way around the world um, or we could go back to Austin and scale this thing up pretty fast. And so I came back to Austin and then that ended up being a blessing in disguise because COVID hit literally what like four months later yeah um and then media patch just like took off with covid because like people couldn't meet in person so video production had a super high correlation with like the entire marketplace basically Mm -hmm. so we just like got more and more and more business and then yeah i've been back since then and last year like 2020 went better than i thought it was 2021 was amazing and this year like now we've got i've got the second company in the studio so yeah because the studio is new brand new like uh we got just started it in august of this year so not even three months old yet you guys have been pretty busy yeah or what i've seen you guys have had a lot of clients come in it's extremely busy. Yeah. It's like today there's four bookings in this room wow. back to back to back to back. Like I texted you this We're morning. We're going to get I'm like, kicked out. <laughs> I'm like, can you like bump this by like 30 <laughs> minutes? I'm like, well, I just need a little pad time between podcasts. Like, you know, you need just, to breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Go take a pee real quick. Come back. I'm, yeah. I'm staying very caffeinated though. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in and I was like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I hope I find the words. It's just like that two o'clock to four o'clock. Yeah. I'm just like, that's when I like to do some email stuff because mm-hmm. I'm kind of checked out. Wow. I st- see, I, that's interesting. I start my mornings with emails. Like that to me is the hard Oh, stuff. no. Oh, yeah. I don't know how needy your clients are, but mine are pretty needy. So I'm like, I better address these guys this morning. It's funny. Sometimes they are, but I set boundaries. I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you need me, I'll have, make it happen. <laughs> I'll drop everything. What? As long as you're paying me, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to each their own. Yep. No, for sure. That's why you have your own business. Exactly. And it's definitely gotten me in trouble. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I would love to go back to the point where you pivoted from, I guess, corporate yeah. into entrepreneurship. You kind of did a, I guess, a slow fade out. Yep. You, you said you gave yourself a year. For sure. Did it happen within that year? Like yep. everything that you okay, let's talk about that. Cause mine was completely different. Yeah. I quit on on notice. I was and I didn't have a plan B. Oh, so got it. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> so you had to jump right into it. I um this is where I like I I really do feel like I'm grateful, lucky with my situation. Cause like I was at Amazon for three years when I quit. And so like I was already making like really good money there coming mm-hmm. out of college. And, you know, I came in at when the stock price was like $700. So like I had a lot of stock options and I knew on my third year that I was getting a lot of that stuff was vesting. And so for me, like that's why I gave myself the year because I was like, if I'm going to do this entrepreneurship thing, like there's no income, there's no safety net, there is no lifeline. Like it's, it's you against the world and all your income and everything is dependent on you. And so to me, I'm like, all right, I've got to have money to fund a com- new company. I've got to have money for me to live, basically have groceries, food, rent, all that good stuff. And so I knew with that amount of money, like that all that was going to be possible. And I wasn't going to have any kind of like, it wasn't going to be a worry. Let's put it that way. 
And how much did you give yourself? Like how much did you save up? How many months of business and yep. personal expenses? So basically I allocated like 40000 for the next year and a half. And that was- To, to live off of 40000 mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So, because I, I, you know, I had other stuff that I needed to pay, like my student, I wanted to pay off like a lot of my like student debt. And That's then- not a lot to live on. That's what I'm saying. Like $40,000. I think it is a lot. I think people underestimate right, like well- how <laughs> frugal I really am and how much $40,000 can really be. Because like- Very true. I have lived with roommates my entire life, so I keep cheap. I keep rent extremely oh, okay. cheap, like extremely cheap. Like I hate spending money on rent, so I keep it really, really cheap, no matter what. And grocery wise, like I've never really splurged on like I'm not into like the not whole a restaurant. Trader Joe's person, actually, I am. Go. I do. I do like Trader Joe's. Ooh, this is new. This yeah. looks fun. <laughs> I think it's actually the cheapest grocery store in Austin. Have you compared prices? I have. Oh, okay. I, I mean, not really, but like, I just <laughs> feel like it's cheaper anyways. But I just live really cheap. I made that forty thousand stretch for literally a year and a half, and that's wow. like moving to Australia for five months, like plane tickets, rent over there, um, traveling all around Australia, and then coming back here and launching a company. So, but that's so true because I live by myself, and so my rent alone is twenty four. Yeah, that's insane. So, like, if you were to have roommates, that makes sense. Yep. Like, rent is just... It's stupid. Oh, it's a hit. Yeah. But I'm going to love it, though, once I own a house and rent it out, and then someone's paying my rent. That's your plan? Rent it out to pay off? for sure. Yeah. That's a great plan. I thought about it. I'm like, I can't. I can't wait to do it. I'm just not going to do it right now with the market with so much volatility. I'm going to wait till it settles down, but... Yeah. Okay, so you... You basically knew you wanted to do this. You had a plan, the very masculine approach. Let's (laughs) plan all this out to have a backup plan, a safety net. Yep. And when did you feel, was there a moment, was there a number or was there a feeling, this is when I'm walking away? I just gave myself a year from that, that, that literally the last day, I just remember laying on the front of the yacht and just like looking out and I was just like I have to do this and if I don't I I I think something was going through my head like it was like a memory of watching something and it was like if you don't give yourself like hard deadlines and timelines you're never gonna make that thing happen and I had remembered going back home to St. Louis the Christmas before and my buddy who was an entrepreneur like I was talking to him and I'm like oh I got this idea like and stuff and yada 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 and he's like, whatever you do, he's like, you're never going to go do this thing unless you quit your job. Like, you have to remove yeah. all safety nets. He's like, otherwise, it's always just going to be that thing because you're going to be comfy with your paycheck and you're never going to actually do this and get it off the ground. And so he's like, you have to quit. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and then, like, I I remembered him saying that and then – in Croatia, I just gave myself that hard deadline because it was almost like a year exactly from when my stock was going to vest on my three-year anniversary. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I just stuck to that plan because like, I also didn't want to cheat myself either and just be like prolong things. Like, There's a whole thing with like keeping your promises and being honest to yourself and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, I remember even a... I think it was like a month, two months before I even like resigned. Like I just bought my one way ticket to Sydney and I was like, oh shit, this is real now. Were you scared? I was excited all the way up until like literally the plane ride over there. And I'm like, I remember like flying from Austin into LA and I'm like, just like having some wine like between layover and stuff. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm on my way to Australia and it's like not a business trip this time. Like I'm not coming back. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like everybody I know is going to be on the other side of the world, like behind me by a day. Yeah. And, um, that like really set in and that was a little hard to, I remember it was definitely emotional on that plane ride. I remember that for sure. Like I definitely like teared up, cried, like, during those flights and especially like whenever I landed in Sydney, it was like a, it was like a cry of joy. Cause I was just like, Holy shit, like you're doing this, you're yeah. here. Like, and it was wild too. Cause 
you know, you leave at night during when you're flying over to Australia. So when I landed, it was morning and I was like, it's like my brand new day. It's my brand new world. Like, um, getting over there was easy. Like the actual hard part of all of it was like, you know, I planned all this out right for the last year. And then I get over there and I'm like, I have no clue what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I didn't have a bit, like I had like, I have a business plan, but nothing like this is how I'm going to market myself. This is how I'm going to do sales. And I just winged it. But if you, like, have you thought about that? If you were to, because I think about that sometimes. If I had a plan, would it have worked out the same way? I don't know. Or would I have been so tied to that plan or that outcome? Yeah. I think that that's what happens. And I think that's why I'm, like, notoriously known for being a bad planner because I just hate planning shit. I don't want to plan it. I don't want to have a plan. I just want to, like, go with the flow. Wait, is that in your life too? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Like I just want to be invited places, show up. Like I don't want to host anything. I don't want to like plan for a party or dinner or whatever. Like I, I, I just have one big goal and that's it. And I know that it's so enormous that it'll take my, my entire life to get there. And so I'm not worried about how I get there and like the actual like this step in this year and that step in that year. Like as long as I'm working towards that enormous goal, which is dethroning Red Bull Media House and becoming a multi-hundred millionaire, I don't care how old I am when I get there, but it's going to happen. But it's just going to take me my whole life to get there. Yeah. So. I love that though. I'm thinking back to kind of my journey. I knew where I wanted to end up. I didn't know all the bits and pieces how to get there. You don't need to. No, because everything kind of just falls into place. Yeah. And I think if you did have that, there's some people that I remember people ask me like, oh, what's your business plan? Do you have a business plan? I'm like, what's a business plan? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm going here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I don't think that that's the right advice for most people, though. I will say that. I think that a lot of I think most people need structure in order to be disciplined to get to their goals. Like, but if you've got really, really good self-discipline and you're just self-motivated and everything like that, then yeah, you can have one big hairy audacious. What is it? One hairy, the hairy big audacious goal. Hegbad? I don't know. (laughs) Like a hairy, big hairy audacious goal. That's what it is. Behag. Yeah. Oh, never heard of that. It's like a thing. All right. Yeah. Big hairy audacious goal. So, but if, as long as you've got one of those and you've got the self-discipline, then you'll get to where you're going. But if I had that plan, like you were saying, like, would it have worked out differently? Yeah, because I don't think you and I would be sitting here right now in the studio because I would be, I wouldn't have allowed, I, this was not on my plan. This was not on my. And you like, might've said like, you were so focused on this plan. For sure. You would have said no to other opportunities. Well, not even that. I might've just missed the opportunity Yeah. to like lift my head up, look around and see what's going on in the marketplace of like, oh. Yeah. There's massive opportunity right here. Because you pivot so many times. I remember when I was a personal trainer, I was a little bit tied to that and I had to let go of my identity tied in that Mm -hmm. to go this route. And I think, you know, when you get into entrepreneurship, you have to be open to other possibilities and also be okay with the first thing that you start with probably won't be the thing Mm -hmm. that you're doing a year or four years later. For sure. I was selling supplements. Oh, wow. (laughs) You're doing a lot different things. I was doing MLM. Okay. Yeah. So how was that? I I loved it. Like I made 2000 my first month and I was like, that's amazing. I I remember you telling me. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) I don't have to work for anyone. Um, (laughs) But I mean, you know, look, where we are now, I think yep. I was just open. I was just yep. craving growth and opportunities. And um, do you think self-discipline, like you either have it or you don't, or it's a skill? Um, neither. I think it's okay. something that you have to like – it's not something you learn. Like self-discipline is just about keeping your promise to yourself. Like you just have to keep your promise to yourself, and that's self-discipline. So let's like unpack that. Yeah, because yeah. I know one of the questions that creatives struggle with is on the days that you don't want to work, how do you get through that? And my mentality is you just push through. Like you, 
I have to get this. It has to get done. Yeah. But for, you know, those that do struggle with that, where do you think that? Like struggle with what specifically? In terms of. Self-discipline, like following through on your promise. I know that's like a. Yeah, it's. It's so much deeper than. It really is. um, Because there are parts of my self-discipline that I struggle with still. Work is definitely not one of them, though, because I'm I think it's really easy to be self-disciplined on the things that fuel your like passions and motivations and like like where you want to go. Like and you've got like you're super bought in. I I don't know exactly how to explain this, but um, just kind of thinking out loud here. But yeah, it's like to me, it's as simple as this. Like if I say I'm going to go to the gym today, then okay, I'm going to take my bag and put it in my office where I look at it all day and I'm going to make the reservation for the training that night or like that morning when I'm mm-hmm. thinking of it. Like I, But I made my reservations last night for the entire week. But that's the, the discipline. Enti- wow. That's for the discipline though so that, okay, I, if I'm saying I'm going to do this this week, hold myself to it. So like here's my here's my deadlines. Like now I've, I've invested money in it mm-hmm. and there's a time – all I have to do is show up. And so now the only thing left for me to do is keep my promise to myself and show up. Have you ever had times where you've backed out or yeah, once you're sure. set on something? For sure. And but it's the is if you're do, if you're backing out of your promises all the time, then that's where you're you're <clears throat> now you have other issues other than self-discipline. Now you've got confidence issues because that's yeah. Yeah. Like if you don't keep your promises to yourself, now you're not disciplined, but because you don't keep your promises to yourself, now you're not going to be confident in your ability to do whatever it is that you think you need to mm-hmm. do with a lot of things. So, or fully believe that you can have what yeah. you're wanting. Yep. I'm just trying to think like fitness, like when people back out, do they truly believe that they can have what they want or a business? Because I think it's just so much deeper. Yep. It just takes a lot of work. Um, yeah. You know, it's like I just started getting back into fitness and training and eating healthy and everything like two months ago because, yeah, I was having a little health-related issues with like panic attacks and stuff like that and anxiety. And now since I'm back in the gym working out again and eating healthy and like I've removed some foods and whatever from my life, like – feel great again. Like I, it's the discipline I needed that was lacking in my business. Mm -hmm. Basically. I always say fitness is a catalyst for so much more. It really is. In life. Because when I feel dialed in, in my fitness, I feel like I'm on top of the world. I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel dialed the fucking these last two months. Like I almost didn't work out this morning. I told myself I would. And I went and I'm like, I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. It, and, it, and that's what, and now it's, pow- and then like with self-discipline now, because you had that conversation inside your head with yourself, you're like, good job. Yeah. Like now you're giving yourself positive reinforcement. So now it's getting cemented even more that like, oh, I get like a little dopamine hit up there every yeah. time I do something I don't want to do. But And then it becomes a habit. Exactly. Then like you just don't think about it. It's like, oh, Monday, 10 a.m., got to yep. go work out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you... Are you comfortable with talking about anxiety? Yeah. Let's go for it. Have you always had anxiety or have... No. Okay. No. When? This year. This year. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I've never really... I've never had... I I bite my nails and stuff, but I don't really... I pick out my cuticles. I I don't really consider that anxiety, even though like some studies say that it is. Um, I just think I have a... (laughs) (laughs) Mount... Like a... Uh, oral fixation or something. I don't know, but like, where are you going with? It? Yeah. Um, uh, but sorry, I lost my train. No, you're uh, good. What did we? Uh, uh, when, anxiety. Yeah. Got it. Yep. So the I like got it this year just because like a, there was just a lot of business this year and a lot of like situations from that business like, but also personal too. Like I've I this year's been the hardest or I won't say hardest because I don't know what's in the future but it's been the most challenging year that I've faced as like a a, a person mm-hmm. um so I think that that paired with like not working out and mm. like just not taking care of my body like honestly like just you know 
drinking it up, boozing, like part, like not partying, but drinking, definitely not exercising, definitely eating like shit, definitely like, and then you pair that with like a company that's like continues to scale like for its like second year in a row. And then, you know, you get hit with like a tax bill that's massive that you were not expecting because mm-hmm. your accountant's fucked up. Been there. And, you know, then you've got some, I can't really go into that one. Okay. But, um, <laughs> we'll just to. say like a business situation that was not good um, where there's like legal stuff involved and you're dealing with that. And, you know, all that paired and combined, like I just was like not sleeping because then, you know, basically like, there's so much on my mind and because I'm just sitting in that office, just looking at a screen all day and like not getting outside and like not getting exercise or sunlight. It was just this like perfect storm of me just like dwindling myself down to the point where like now I'm having panic attacks like one to two times a week. Oh, some wow. are like, some are like me just like freaking out. But then at the worst case, it's like I'm hyperventilating and I'm passing out on the ground because I'm freaking out so bad. After that last one, I was like, I got to like really get this shit in check. And that's when I started working out again. And now I haven't had, I'm just like, well, that went away quick. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. So. Was there anything other than just getting more dialed in in your fitness that you think has helped? Like, do you meditate or journal or? I've always, yeah. I'm, But yeah, I've always done, I've got like the Calm app and I've got like the five minute journal and the productivity mm-hmm. planner and stuff. So I always journal in the morning and at night. And then I usually always listen to the Calm app at night for breathing exercises. And then sometimes I'll do like a lunch break and listen to the Daily J on there and chill out and relax. So those two things were always going on, but neither really helped with like sleeping or anxiety. But yeah, I, I mean, I really truly do believe like training again and mm-hmm. getting back in shape and, you know, just looking in the mirror and just being like, oh shit, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Like you got some abs I can again. See my abs. <laughs> yeah. It's like nice work. No more beer belly. Yeah. Um, like it's just a confidence boost. And then just like you add in the social aspect of it, meeting other people, connecting with them. But then it just, then I'm eating better. It single handedly was just like the thing that removed it all for me. So, yeah. And that just goes to show when you take care of yourself, you're able to show up. Yeah. I talk about that so much because I went through that, you know, when my business was, when I first started, it grew, like I felt like my business was pulling me and it was so, it was awesome, but it comes with a lot of stress in trying to keep up and trying to make sure everyone's taken care of. And, you know, that first tax year, like, hits you mm-hmm. hard. Yep. I yeah. don't That was a shock for me. Yep. It was only a shock to me because I had planned for a, num- a completely different number. And Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't really. I was like. Yeah, you just, I didn't. <laughs> you just didn't put money away at all. You were just like, no. Nah. I was like, I'm making money. You're like, you're like no, nah, they don't want my money. <laughs> I just didn't know what to expect, honestly. Yeah. I didn't even expect to make what I made my first year, and I I just didn't. I was like, I'm making money. Yeah. This is cool. Yep. Lesson learned. Yep, for sure. Put money away for taxes every single month. Yeah. Well, I put it away. I'll show it to you later, but I've got a calculator that does it all for me for every single deal. So, like, if I close 10,000, it allocates- A percent. Yeah. Into operating- to an, into an operating account, income account, tax account, and then my profit. Oh account. my god, I have to see that. Yeah, maybe I'll just sell this to everybody. You maybe should. it's maybe it's not just video production companies. That no, absolutely. So I just do it like I know a percentage per quarter mm-hmm. that I need to. So I pay quarterly. So Got I it. save and then pay. So I just take. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, mine just like you put the number in there and it spits out what you need to put away. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> If he sells it, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, where were we going with that? With the anxiety um, still? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just because I think a lot of people struggle with anxiety. Yeah. If not anxiety, maybe just mental health in general. Yeah. I'm a huge advocate for mental health. And I think it needs to be – like I love the conversations going about it. I think people just need to be more open yeah. about it. I think they would be more open about it if they didn't fear judgment because like – Absolutely. 
that for me is the biggest thing. Like, I just feel like, um, not anymore, but like, I used to fear like the judgment of it. Like, like, Oh, what do you like, have to, I used, yeah, like, I used like, to hear this oh, anxiety, yeah. like, you know, then what I, do you have to be stressed about? Yeah. <laughs> You're 30 years old. I'm like, okay. I tell people when they ask me that, I'm just like, you, I've lived your life 10 times over, buddy. <laughs> like you might be older, but I promise you, I've lapped you around this world <laughs> yeah. 20 to 30 times. When everyone handles stress differently. For sure. We're not the same people. So why would we go through the same situations or handle things the same? Yeah. We never will and should and ever will. Yeah. No. And it's just have a little empathy. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a whole conversation too. Most people don't have that. Yeah. I've had to like really – I'm not very – I'm not perfect. I, I have to it. work on it too. Yeah. I'm not very empathetic or sympathetic to in business for sure. Like I'm very like. Business is business. Yeah. See, I used to be so empathetic and people pleasing. Mm-hmm. And then when you start a business, you realize uh, you can't. Yeah. Like you have to treat business as business. Here's the facts. For sure. Um. Yes, you can still have empathy, but I think. You know, there's times where I have to check myself and be like, is this a business moment or is this an empathy moment? Like with clients, yeah, they're pushing a deadline. Is this a business moment or is this an empathy? Mm. You know? I like that. Yeah. yeah I really it's, like it's that. Because it's hard. Like where do you draw the line? And I've we've set boundaries in place to help with that. But, yeah. you know, if they do it twice and it's like we, got, we have to charge you. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm so sorry, but like I can't. Yeah. Not a pushover. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that. I um, I think for uh, for me, anyways, I end up just like, you know, let them. Uh, our high, our prices are so high that like I'll, I'll basically do whatever they need. Yeah, as long as it's like not jumping off a cliff or something. Like, yeah, I'll do it. But um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's different business strategies, right? Like, do you want to pay for the per time or do you just want to mark your prices so high that your clients can ask for whatever they want and you're happy to do it? Yeah. Because you know? there's there's different ways how you get to the same outcome. Yeah. If someone was paying me 10, 20K for a website, yeah. oh, you bet. I would. What do you need? You need that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like our minimum video package is 10,000 now. So like I'm happy to do whatever the client wants. Yeah. You know, like you start getting into the 40, 50,000, I'll do some I'll things. I'll take you to dinner. I'll, like, oh, I'll do some things. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll always take our clients to dinner. Like, I'll take them out, drop five hundred thousand dollars on dinner, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't care. You're gonna love that shit. Yeah, it's just different because you know we have, I would say, middle tier. Yeah, pricing. It's still we could raise it. There's room, um, but we book projects back to back, and so there's really not. Yep. That time. That's why, like, we have our process. We have the time frame, and yep. So it's just different business structures for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it all goes into like back to what you're saying, like stress and anxiety. Like, for me, I would rather not stress about having to charge them. I would rather not stress about having to have a difficult conversation with them mm-hmm. and charging them again, rather than just letting them feel like they're winning and getting what they're asking for all the time. Yeah. Um, Cause that's less stressful to me to like, not have to like be like, Oh, got to charge you or something. Cause I like, like I just kind of like fear disappointment or something, or like they'll like resent me or the business for like having additional charges. So I'm like, I just don't want to do that at all. I've actually had clients have the opposite effect. Like the, the um, like, Oh my God, feedback was late. They're like, charge me if you need to. Like, wow. I was like, no, I'm not going to, but yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Like that just shows that I'm attracting the right clients. For sure. Because I respect them and they respect me. For sure. Um, but I that would be nice just to like take yeah. on two clients a month and Yeah. I mean it's it's uh we'll usually do about like three to five a month, something like that. So yeah. you know, yeah. nothing too strenuous, but Yeah. Um, okay, so I wanna dial dial it back a little bit. Um what were some of the struggles that you went through from when you started to kind of where you are now? Other than like mental health, but uh, maybe like the nitty gritty of a business, like starting a business. Okay. Do you remember? I was trying to think, but yeah. like it all goes by so fast. Yeah. 
well, the the biggest struggle starting out was um, just structure, like like what do you do <laughs> on a day to day basis as an entrepreneur coming from your you know corporate or nine to five job and because like I came from Amazon like there's so much structure like from the every single minute is structured almost mm-hmm. and I was used to that and. But then when I, you know, hop off the plane in Sydney and I don't have a boss or anything, I'm my own boss now. I'm like, well, this is a weird feeling. I'm at the kitchen table on a Monday morning in Sydney, Australia, and I have no clue what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, – I just remember – I, I – I, it's weird that I remember that exact moment. I can just like picture it because it was just such a like peculiar thought to have. Like well, what you does go, my day look like? like? Yeah, you go so long one way. Yeah. And then you just go to like no structure whatsoever. Like the day can be whatever it is or whatever you want it to do. And um, that was a big struggle for a while. still feel like there's some of that today, but yeah. <laughs> not just not at that scale whatsoever. Yeah. Um. You know, the other big struggle was what do I do to get business? Like mm, That's a big one. Um, and for me, you know, part of the reason I did go to Australia as well, like one, it was a lifelong dream, but I really, really wanted it because I wanted to put myself in the hardest possible environment. And that was like leaving behind everybody that I knew, like no family, friends, connections, network, anything. And then I'm in a new country let alone a new city, brand new people, new every like new everything. It's like starting from scratch. And I wanted to know if I had what it took to make it in that kind of environment. Because I told myself, if you can do this, not knowing a single person, then you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like a huge struggle all on its own because I'm like, okay, like I don't know anybody. I don't know businesses. Like I don't know like where the startups are at. I don't know like... I don't know anything. And so that was a struggle to like find all that out, but it ended up becoming like the best thing that I could do because it taught myself to just be like not innovative, but just like strategic about like who I met with, where I met and not where I met, but like where I went and stuff like that. Well, and also make use of your time. For sure. Yeah. You could have sat around and watched Netflix all day. Yeah. Or you could have... You know, gone to the beach and surfed, or you know, maybe I did that. (laughs) Maybe I did the first month. Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) First two weeks, I wasn't doing shit. I was for sure hanging out at Bondi Beach every day. (laughs) So I guess what we're after that moment. Yep. What changed? How did it change? Well, it changed because the other really strategic thing I did in Sydney whenever I moved there was I didn't want just any roommate. I wanted a strategic roommate. And so like, um, I found another entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so like he was Australian. He grew up in the area. Like I had a thriving business. I'm like, this guy is going to help me. Where did you find him? I think it was like flatmate finders or something. Flatmatefinders.com. I don't know. know. (laughs) I was just curious. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. I met I met Luke on uh, Facebook Marketplace actually. Oh. Yeah. Cause I was just like looking at rentals over in Bondi Beach and he had one and I was like, oh shit, this is super close to the beach. He's an entrepreneur. Like this could be a really good fit. And then like, yeah, moved in with him. And that was like that was easily the best decision I made over there in order to then build the business because Luke had a business, so he's an entrepreneur. Now he's going to do business with me. Then his girlfriend yeah. does business with me, and she's super connected to the startup world in Sydney. So now I'm plugged into oh, wow. like the entire startup ecosystem in Sydney, like right in downtown. Like I'm meeting all these people, and like I'm getting intro left and right, and like I just built from there. Um, granted, I was not charging the prices I am charging now. Like, oh, yeah. We're talking about like $250, $300 videos. <laughs> and I'm like, those fuckers got a right? deal. Um, but that's that's kind of how that evolved was like, you know, I winged it, but kind of made the st- 
strategic decision to like live with You're an entrepreneur. Intentional. Yeah. And, um, and so that's kind of like how I got through that struggle of like building the business because I just kind of like, again, let it, I went with the flow. I didn't have a plan and it took its course of action. So. And you surrounded yourself like two things, community and, you know, yep. right people, right time. For sure. I, I don't think it would have panned out any other, uh, it wouldn't have panned out in a good way if I didn't live with an entrepreneur, I don't think. Yeah, because who you surround yourself with, let's say you surrounded yourself with someone who worked a corporate job and yeah. then partied on the weekends. Wouldn't you, have worked. You know, you're, we can be easily influenced. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important if you want to go this route, find other people going on that same journey. Birds of a feather flock together. There you I go. Say it. <laughs> uh, especially with entrepreneurship. Like, it's so true. Um, because it's hard to get it. Like, hey, I have to work on a Saturday. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Someone else would be like, no, let's go party. Yeah. I know plenty of those entrepreneurs too. Like some of them, you know, it just depends where you're at in that True. path. But um, I'm trying to think of like some other struggles I had. Oh, another big struggle starting out. I, my, I guess my struggles of like then versus now are probably pretty different than most people's because mm -hmm. mine are pretty related to culture and like different country, different you would think in Australia that because they speak English or like Australian English, like business is the same, but it's like really not at all. Is it more laid back? Um, or how? Yeah, is it like it's, and then it's like okay, I get intro to you. We think that there's some synergy there. Now I want to have coffee with you three times, and I want to be all like not. I'm saying touchy feeling in the sense of like I want to get to know you, not like touchy-feely like that but like mm -hmm. like they just really want to understand like who you are as a person and stuff like that before they do business with I you I like that well oh I you might at the outside but like in terms of like getting things done in a fast time not oh, so okay. much like I mean put it this way like you're going on two to three coffee dates before you even get to talk shop so now I'm investing my time, energy, money. To something you don't even know. Yeah. And it's like just to even just talk about business. So I didn't really care for that. Um, I'm just – I like to execute. I like to go fast. And uh, their way of life over in Australia is very, very like slowed down compared to America. And I don't blame them. Yeah. Because I, I got the essence of why. Because like when you're living in Sydney, Bondi Beach, like – you have the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets in the wow. entire world. Like, I promise you that. And it, it that entire country is a whole nine to five. Like, shit does not open up until like eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And it is, everything is hard close at five, six p.m. Because wow. people are I would have like, liked that if I worked in corporate. <laughs> for sure. And that's probably why it's a socialistic economy over there, right? Yeah. Like, everything's taken care of and... But it's not all that bad, though, because um, in some aspects, because, like, people are super, super fit. Like, I really do believe that the most beautiful and fit people in the entire world live in Bondi Beach. It is, like, the black kettle of, like, the most hu beautiful human beings. Wow. Even the dogs. Even the dogs. And, but, you know, it's because they have that time in the morning and at the end of their day to, like you know, get ready for the day or unwind and stuff. So well, that, I bet their food is a lot better too. It's a lot healthier. Yeah. I definitely was like in the most fit shape of my life over there. Um, cause I was again, uh, working out twice a day at like F 45. <laughs> oh wow. Um, because I had so much like stress going on, like of, Oh shit, I don't know what to do. Um, so that, I guess, yeah, that was a struggle, but culture, Doing business, getting up and going over there was definitely a struggle. So those are the main ones that I can think of off the top of my head. But the struggles now for me are just like scaling, automation, people. Um, what about scaling and people? Finding the right people, like trustworthy, um, you know, credible in the sense of like, can you do what you're going to do? Right. Yeah. Um, I just, 
I don't know what it's like in other industries or markets right now, but for creatives anyways, like I've made a few hires where it's like, okay, cool. Like this is your portfolio and you're real. And like, that looks great. We've gone through the interview process. I've hired them. And then it turns out that like, they're not capable of doing that again. And it's just like, why? Like they have a one hit wonder. Yeah. And so that's, um, you know, scaling media pouch is a lot different than scaling the studio. Like this studio will scale in half the time that media pouch will because of how automated everything is. Like everything is automated in here. So that's super, super easy to scale. But like with media pouch, it's still very, it's a service. It's a service and it's super dependent on quality. Just like your websites are like, it has to be like, it's, it's like one of one, Behance or sorry, but spoke, you know, yeah. like people want what they want. So it's really hard to scale that, like, you know, to find the same person you are. Yeah, because that's who people are ultimately yeah. hiring, right? Because they, they look at the portfolio and like that's all of my work, right? So then they want the same thing. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to play quality control with editors and videographers who don't shoot or edit like me. And do I think they're capable of it? Yes. Do I think they're capable of thinking exactly like me? No, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody is. And But that's just kind of the problem that you have with content creation and quality is you can't take what's in here and dump it into there. You can dump the skills in there, but not like the thoughts or vision or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like future thinking, something like that. Do you have projects where... So are you fully out of the fulfillment? Basically, yeah. And I mean, do I just, you approve projects or do you have someone approving? No, I still approve them. Okay. Yeah. That's for me, like, I very much, like, oversee each part of it, pre-production, production, and then post-production. But I'm definitely not. Like, I filmed for the first time on Saturday in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, I am rusty. Right? You <laughs> yeah. forget. I was like, oh, God. I'm like, uh Let's pull it together here, buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so I've been very much out of it for a while now, probably this entire year. And uh, but it it I'm not trying to be a business operator executioner. I'm trying to be a business owner and drive things and push it. So to me, like I have to figure out like how to scale it. And so mm-hmm. I've got my bench of like contractors that I work with on projects. And so um but then it's like I can't recreate them. So now I'm back at the same I know, issue with me. It's a struggle. So that's always – I think that's just always going to be a struggle for me. Um, with automation, I just – the more I can automate, the better everything is. Like it just makes life way easier. Um, like do you automate things in your personal life too? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my meals are automated. They show yeah, up every that's Tuesday. Nice. I go back and forth. I do too. Yeah. Because I like cooking, knowing what's in my, but yeah. I don't like cooking, but I, I, I will okay, say. Okay. Sorry. Like, I take that back. I don't like cooking. I just do it because I have to. <laughs> I just like when the shit just shows up at the doorstep <laughs> and I'm like, all right, great. I got food again. But yeah, I try to automate everything. I mean, like even my emails, like I get the, like the review each night and in the morning of like my calendar and stuff like that. And then like it goes into like, I guess it's more specifically my phone, but you know, Mm -hmm. it goes into sleep mode, do not disturb mode, like all that stuff based on hours. Um, you know, even my meetings are pretty automated. Like I send the link, people book shows up in the calendar, Same. you know, like just all the little mundane things that I can automate. Like I really, really try to have it all dialed in. Yeah. I even like look at things from outside, like what can I outsource yep. to free up time, like ordering groceries, yep. having a cleaning person come, mm-hmm. like anything to help to yep. save more time. Like I'm always like, what, what can I outsource? What, For sure. You know? For sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about saving time and like the more time I get in there, then the, the better off all the businesses are going to be. So Yeah. Um, I know you said you don't like planning, but is your calendar like blocked? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, that that bitch stays blocked. <laughs> yeah, that thing's because uh, that's automated. You know, like yeah, uh, it has its parameters and stuff. But like, I mean, since we opened the doors on this studio, I mean, it has been like 
just nonstop That's for the so last awesome. three weeks, like just full of studio tours and bookings and video projects and meetings. And sometimes I just look at my calendar and I'm like, fuck me. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's like on average, like, cause Google meetings gives you like your average, like meeting time, like how much time you're spending in meetings. I don't know well, if you know that or mine not. Mine doesn't do that. You should look into it. I don't want cool. to. So my, <laughs> mine, uh, last week was 40 hours. Oh, I'm scared to look at mine. Yeah. And I'm like, I have the same amount of time in meetings that people do in their nine to five. Yeah. And, but I'm but still working. But then you have to do everything out, else. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I probably worked like a hundred hours last week, but it didn't feel like it. Um, no. And that's not a struggle. Um, I'm trying to think what else is like a struggle. Um, Today. Yeah. I think more like... I guess it's like kind of a struggle slash like me just being super analytical with numbers and stuff and just looking at the marketplace and just being like, what is the economy going to do here? Like Mm. in the next six to 12 months, like, because that's going to affect a lot of things for video production, the studio, me personally, like, you know, we were going to buy a house like come January and I just put the, I was like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Actually. Like, it doesn't make sense with this price and where interest rent, interest rates are rising and this thing's not going to be finished and we're not going to close on until like end of January. I'm like, interest rates are going to be so much higher, which means like the price of that house should be lower anyways. Yeah. It affects a lot of things. So for me right now, I'm like, where, like, what do I think is going to happen in terms of like our clients and stuff like that? Like, are we going to continue at the same pace? Like, what industries is this like, um, you know, like recession, depression, whatever you want to call it, like what industries are going to be affected and like, where do I need to pivot to right now? And where do you think it's going to be? I think like what, like where I need to pivot or just like the creative industry or different industries in the online space. I think creative's not going anywhere anytime soon. Like, um, it's, the most valuable thing anybody can do. And like, there's so many people that are just validate that, that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not concerned about the companies doing well or being successful. I know that they will, but it does take some strategicness to be like, okay, these are the companies that we do need to focus on and focus on in these industries. Cause if we don't change that, then we could very well go down with the market, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't want. So to me, I see, other content creators thriving. So let's give them a place to do that. Yeah. So now we've got the studio. That's right? a good way to So look this at thing it. is I'm gonna go on camera and say right now this bitch is recession proof. So <laughs> let's check back in a year from now. But um I think this thing will do just fine. I think this 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 company alone will put Jake and I like we'll be millionaires next year and we'll be on Forbes 30 under 30. That's awesome. I really do believe that. Yeah. Um, and with Media Pouch, it, this thing's just like the biggest lead gen ever for Media Pouch and Jake's company Q6. Like, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I think that I don't exactly have an answer for what industries are going to get hit the worst. I just know that real estate's getting fucked up right now. Um, we've had a few clients pull out of deals and stuff like that. So I think they're uh-huh. already getting hit hard. I don't think e- I think e-commerce will be fine as long as those companies crush it during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to think, like it's just more of like the the old older kind of companies, like more of the corporate stuff. I think that's what will dry up the fastest and the most because they'll just like cut yeah. their budgets like that. So when so many people are going online and like the education yeah. online courses yep. will just keep growing. For sure. It's so amazing. I remember during the pandemic, um, I left Kajabi before that. And so that's when my business... Wait, Kajabi? Yeah, I worked at Kajabi. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's when I was. I put in Two my of my notice. courses are on... Not my courses, but that I've done. They've now, they're have now they now on Kajabi. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's how I started my business. So uh, I worked there. Yeah. Now. I worked there. I went to school for design and it kind of... My two worlds collided. People were asking me for help, like as a virtual assistant. And 
after that, I started the web design and that really grew my business. So many people went online and it was just right time, right place, right time, yeah. right skill set. Yeah, for sure. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I mean, now we do another platform along with Kajabi, but uh, yeah, it was crazy how just timing aligned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The timing is definitely a big part of like success, I think. And um, I think whenever I launch a course, I'm going to there you go. Inquire your services Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Um, timing and then also like having a solution to a problem. For sure. I think a lot of people struggle with, well, how do I get this off the ground? And it's like, it's a cool idea, but is there a need for it? Mm -hmm. And I think anymore, especially now today, you know, people are either trying to improve their health, improve their relationships, make money. Uh, I don't know what else there is, but those are like the three biggest ones. And if you yeah. have a solution within that, I agree. I think it's maybe you can succeed faster. I think I think that's spot on. You can succeed a lot faster if you're in those things. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say easier, but faster. Yeah, for sure. Because it's it's still hard, <laughs> right? Starting a business. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's a lot of time, energy, money, effort, resources, like just a whole lot of everything. Like, um, yeah. I think a lot of people severely underestimate the amount of work it takes to like get to a place where like you can pay your, like just pay yourself like is a huge accomplishment in your business. Like most yeah. people barely even take a paycheck away from their businesses. So like if you're doing more than that, then that's better than like 30, 40, per I think it's like 35% of business owners. So like, yeah, but the amount of people that don't even get there and fail is even higher. So yeah, you have to have grit. Yep. What would you, um, like, I guess closing this out, what advice would you have for someone starting a business and going through all these struggles? Like, if you could go back and tell yourself maybe one or two things, what would it be? I think it would be to, like, when you're making the leap of faith like that and really, really going to be self-sufficient and independent like you've got to have your core people around you that you can talk to and like be super vulnerable with about like your emotions, like whether it is stress or anxiety or like whatever it is. Because if you don't have anybody to talk to and you just bottle it up, like it's not going to go well for you. Yeah. Um, I learned that with Australia and I was kind of forced to do it that way though, because like everybody's behind me by a day, like 17 hours behind, like people are sleeping back home whenever I'm over there. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, just making sure you have your core people around you, whether it's family, friends, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Um, and the other thing, and this is more of a recent uncovering I've had where like, cause this, this company with the studio went completely different than how I scaled, like built and scaled media powers, like completely different. Mm -hmm. Now I would look back and give myself the advice of if you want to go big and go fast, get a partner, get some investment, and light that bitch on fire because it will go way faster. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy to look at the difference between the first three months of Media Pouch and the first three months of this thing where I'm like, oh, man, we could have done Media Pouch a lot easier, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, like, um, those are all just, like, lessons learned. Because, um, like, with Jake and I, like, it's, it's, like, he's super technical and then I'm, like, super, like, visionary. And so, like, the two of us combined, like, we're just, like, Left foot, right yep. foot, left foot, right foot. And it's just like... I'm like but it's a right combination. For sure. Right? He the right combination. makes up for what you're lacking and yep. vice versa. Exactly. Like yeah. we're just like a well-oiled machine. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, I think... I think So I think partnerships and, you know, investment, whether it be from investors or uh, family, friends, whatever, angel funding, um, and then just like having your core group of people to like talk to. I think that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to go fast, go alone. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go far. Exactly. Go together. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly what I thought of. I'm so glad you said that because yeah. that was the thought going through my head, but I couldn't remember. It I know. Verbatim. I had to like think of it. So like I was just kind of winging it there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Oh my gosh. This was so great. Uh, where can people find you? Yep. So, um, on all social media, it's Ryan Gallego. Um, Instagram is Ryan Gallego Zero. Because um, I guess somebody else had Ryan Gallego, but <laughs> Darn it. 
I, I, I got to meet that person. Yeah. Um, and then the companies are Media Pouch, at Media Pouch, and then Pouch 6 Studios is Pouch underscore 6 underscore Studios on Instagram, and then just Pouch 6 Studios everywhere else. So Perfect. And I'll but, put all that in the show notes. Yep. And we'll make it even easier. We'll just put a link tree in there that has everything about there me in go. there. So yeah. that way you don't have to like go and find it all. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, it was. We'll have to maybe do a part two. Yeah, with um, taxes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not my favorite topic. Uh, but if you guys ha- have more questions, I'd love to hear what you thought of the show. Uh, reach out to one of us on Instagram. Let us know what you thought. Or if you have more questions that you want us to cover. But other than that, I will catch you in the next episode. As always, thanks for listening. And if you love this podcast, Don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or on Instagram to help support the show. If you want additional resources to help you grow your business, you can find them on my website at CourtneyMarieCo.com or below in the show notes.